أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يسبح لله ما في السماوات وما في الأرض الملك القدوس العزيز الحكيم هو الذي بعث في العميين رسولا منهم يتلو عليهم آياته ويزكيهم ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتاب والحكمة وإن كانوا من قبل لفي ظلال مبين وآخرين منهم لما يلحقوا بهم وهو العزيز الحكيم ذلك فذل الله يؤتيه من يشاء والله ذو الفذل العظيم مثل الذين حملوا التوراة مثل الذين حملوا التوراة لم يحملوها كمثل الحمار يحمل أسفارا بعسى مثل الذين كذبوا بآيات الله والله عليم بدات الصدور بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله السماد لم يلد ولم يلد ولم يقل له كفوا أحد صدق الله العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم an interesting question from somebody in Singapore today about this issue of provision the major concern obviously for people in the spirit of seclusion and separation and uh, confinement is how are we going to fend for our families this is a very understandable concern we are somewhat protected from it <coughs> can you imagine if you're a wage earner with lots of uh, um, obligations rental and um, higher purchase agreements and insurances and pensions how do you deal with all of that and so a very legitimate fear for and concern Uh, for provision uh, is being experienced by people at the moment. And so it occurs to me that what will be helpful at this time is to remind ourselves and to remind each other 
that not a single morsel of food that is ordained for you will pass you by. In fact, whatever you're going to get on this planet, from the smallest to the biggest thing, was preordained for you from before endless time. You're not here to get anything. The getting part of your life is, by, is decreed. There's nothing that you can do to change your good fortune. You're here not to get anything. You're here to make a contribution. You're here to give something. Which means to say that if there's a mouthful of food that was ordained for you, nothing in the world can withhold it from you. And if there was something that you weren't going to get, nothing in the world you can do will create the conditions where you'll get it. That is how it is. One has a concern, therefore, about the inevitable when you have a concern for provision. Your concern is not going to change whatever's going to come from a lot to you one bit. <clears throat> I find personally great comfort in that thought. Having skirted on the edge of bankruptcy and economic failure quite a few times in my adult life. I can say that when you're looking at the problem from this side of the problem, looking ahead at it, it always appears to be insurmountable. It always appears to be catastrophic. And somehow you muddle through and in hindsight, you sometimes wonder, well, what? And I really get so concerned about the why. I mean, I can't remember actually having missed a meal or slept cold. Or, so that doesn't mean to say that there aren't people who miss meals. And that doesn't mean to say that there aren't people who sleep cold. But we do frighten ourselves with this prospect inordinately. This is true from the microscopic to the macroscopic. So this is obviously true in an individual life, like my own life experience. <coughs> but you can think about people who have been through catastrophic experiences prior to this. Um, and I think specifically of the, um, the, war, the Second World War generation. So it's the generation of my parents who went through that whole experience. <coughs> Um, <clears throat> it wasn't that bad in South Africa, but particularly in the Netherlands, which, uh, where my family comes from, it was a horrendous experience under the occupation of the Germans. Um, towards the end of the war, people were... There, there wasn't a domestic animal left in the whole country. They'd eaten them all. They'd eaten all the cats. They'd eaten all the dogs. People were dying of hunger. My, my, my mother's father, my grandfather and my mother's side died of starvation in the war. And this is in the Netherlands, a country which today is considered to be one of the wealthiest countries in the world. So this was a generation ago. So if you have a look at the people who went through that wartime experience and then all the difficulties that were was that the Netherlands was beset by 
um, in the decade and a half after the war. You know, there was this massive flood, for instance, in the Netherlands in the uh, late 50s, 57, I think it was. It's almost inconceivable that that country and those people today could be living with the privilege and the wealth and the comfort that they do have. It's inconceivable. If you look at any of the people who went through that experience from the start, you would have thought, well, it's not possible that we could end up in a better place. So we do end up in a better place. We do... Uh, we do... Um, have at some point get to a place where we can look back and say, well, um, uh, actually it wasn't that bad. We got through it. And if it doesn't, if you don't get there, if you don't get to that place beyond it, it's killed you. Then you don't have anything to worry about anyhow. <laughs> Either way, you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> the dead can't complain. <clears throat> so, so, so when one has these concerns for provision, take comfort in the fact that other people have also faced catastrophic change. And they've risen to the occasion. There's another thing that I think sits in this, or potential that sits in this threat of security, <coughs> or problem with security that we have now, this the issue of provision, is that, I mean, in any society, ours is a little bit different because of the extremity of the difference between the wealthy and the poor. But in most societies, those extremes aren't so wide. It is not in the interest of the, the leadership of those establishments, of the intelligentsia, and for the establishment to implode. So if you're a householder, say in, um, let's say in Singapore, because I had this conversation with somebody in Singapore who's confined to their home, who can't uh, 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 go out and work, who can't earn their rent. and uh, I mean, understand everybody else in the city is in exactly the same position. Your landlords aren't going to be able to throw you out afterwards because who are they going to put in that flat? You know, um, so... <clears throat> We've seen it even here with um, uh, uh, a deliberate sort of freeze on interest rates. The establishment doesn't have an interest in the complete ruin of every citizen, which means the potential of this catastrophe is that we might have a rewritten social contract or a reestablished social contract in most societies in the world. I mean, we even see it here. So there's been a growing sort of, I'm conscious of a growing wave of criticism uh, to our president and the government for the lockdown, saying that um, uh, you're dealing with a fundamentally um, <coughs> disobedient population. I mean, the ANC themselves made the country ungovernable, deliberately, <coughs> for two decades. So they cultivated an ungovernable citizen who, for instance, quite cheerfully refuses to pay tolls in Johannesburg, you know, ruins their entire enterprise, and they think they're going to put these people under lock and key, 50 million of them? 
I think that's a bit naive. So this experiment, I think, may unravel. But it'll unravel in such a way that it'll force those who are running this establishment to take note of the citizen in ways that they haven't taken note of the citizen to this point. Because they wouldn't have gotten away and in their own conscience have gotten away with the inordinate corruption that this country has seen. With the, the shameless lack of uh, service provision that we've seen. Um, if they had taken the citizens seriously. So, so I think all over the world, even in ours, I, I hope that Allah makes possible a rewriting of the social contract at the end of this that puts us in the position where the gap between the privileged and the underprivileged is a little bit muted. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't have this immense disparity that is the cause of so much um, uh, anger. So we are in a price point where we're being asked to pay a price, and the price is hitting us on our provision gland at that point of sensitivity. And for many of us, particularly if you're a young person, you have a young family, you've got lots of financial commitments, this is a very distressing time. We're not the first generation who've gone through a distress. We will get through it. There is a world on the other side of this. And the people who you owe money to don't have an interest in your absolute ruin because otherwise there's nothing for them either. So we will muddle through. Mm -hmm. We will have a rewritten social contract. Mm -hmm. Bear in mind that Western Europe was flattened when the three, three decades after the war, Western Europe was on its feet. Three decades. A young person's lifetime. Like that. Places can turn. May Allah grant us nearness to him. May Allah grant us annihilation in him. May Allah grant us death before we die. Inna Allah wa malaikatu yusallu ala nabi ya ayyuhaladina amanu salu alayhi wa salim in taslima. Allahumma asali ala sayyidina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulika nabina wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa salim taslima. Subhana rabbika rabbizatim ma yasifun wa salamu ala mursaleen wa alhamdulillah. Thank <laughs> you.